And man, I'm so grateful for every single person that's here in our physical location tonight. Everybody who's watching this part of our online community on YouTube, we're so excited to have you with us. I, I often say this is one of my favorite services of the entire year. There's just something really special about it as we usher in Christmas morning together. And some of you are saying, how long are we going to be here, yo? It's 1017. I know you talk a long time. We might be here till midnight, yo. We ain't. My, my, my Thelaritis friends are like, please get us out of here. Like, not, not that though. But I, I, I love this evening together because there's something really, really special about it. And if you've been with us at Riverside over the last four weeks, we've been, we've been telling the Christmas story. We've been looking at the incredible news that they came to Mary and came to Joseph. They both had these angelic encounters. And both of them heard the same thing. Don't be afraid. That there's going to be a, a son named Jesus. And he's going to save the people from their sins. And as you continue to read it, we see Joseph and Mary, they make their way to Bethlehem for a census. And, and while they're there, the time comes for, for Mary to give birth to Jesus. And as the story goes, there was no room at the inn. They went from hotel to motel to inn and couldn't find a place anywhere. And the baby Jesus, the king of the universe, is born in a stable. He's, he's placed in a manger. And that story, it sets off a chain reaction for all of us over 2,000 years later. And today I just want to kick off reading in, in Luke chapter 2. And I think it's only appropriate that we remain standing for the reading of God's word because tonight I want to talk to you about the shepherds. If you're here on, on Sunday, I, I told you that out of everybody in the Christmas story, these are the dudes that I, I kind of recognize myself in them more than, than anybody else. But Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8, says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard. It was just as the angel had told them. See, tonight, I don't know what you came in with. I don't know the all-out attack that has been on you this week and the days leading up to Christmas. And if I can be really vulnerable and transparent. Before I stepped on this platform, I was dealing with my own stuff. Not just at home tonight, just not in the car ride with my kids and my wife. In this place today, just a, a few moments ago. See, for so many of us, Christmas, the holidays can be really, really difficult. I think for so many of us, we love Christmas. It's all the gifts, 
the gatherings, the, the grandeur of the holiday, but if we're really real in this place today, I, I know that there are some of you who are really, really struggling. And for those of you this Christmas season, things are going really well for you, this ain't probably a message for you tonight. You can zone out for the next 47 minutes. <laughs> I think that's a joke. But for those of you in this space today, it's been a, a really grueling season. You just continue to go and go and go and you're maybe lacking some of this joy and some of this peace that we read about in Luke chapter 2. I think if you lean in today, I think the Lord wants to speak to some people. Whether you're here in our physical location, whether you're watching as part of our online community, I'm so grateful. You may take your seats. See, I have to tell you thank you because I think you know you love Jesus when when you show up at 10 p.m. on Christmas Eve, it's bitterly cold outside. Some of you probably had to skate in to get here tonight. So many of you watching online, still wrapping gifts. You just got home from a family gathering. See, this right here in Luke chapter 2 is one of the most famous moments of the Christmas story. We see these really... Two famous phrases, joy to the world and, and peace on earth. But really for some of you tonight, if you look at your life, you're exhausted tonight. There's a lack of peace. There's a, a lack of joy. And how do I know some of you felt that? Because there's been many Christmas Eves that I've shown up here. I, I try to think today, I think it's been 20 years I've shown up to Christmas Eve at Riverside. And maybe some of you have been here for almost that many. And if I'm truly honest with you, there were many times I would show up at this late service and, and completely exhausted. I got to Christmas Day and I was so tired from everything that I had going on. And tonight, I'm so grateful for the parents and the grandparents that are here. And I just want to give a, a, a brief note. If you're here with your kids and your grandkids tonight and they start misbehaving, it's okay. I, I, listen, I, I think parenting, grandparenting is the hardest job on the planet. And I think the fact that you brought your kids, hey, we want to ring in Christmas morning together. I think you're incredible parents. I think you're incredible grandparents. And so, hey, tonight, if they get a little bit loud, they eat all their goldfish, they start to cry. It's okay. Just go with it. Don't be nervous. I think sometimes parents and grandparents get in this and you're like sweaty. Don't be sweaty tonight. It's okay. I, I, I was right there. I was right there with you. See, for so many of us, there have been times where we've, we've shown up and we've just done church as usual. And, and I know that's how I've been. Last year was a, a really, really difficult Christmas. See, if you're new to, to our, our church tonight, almost three years ago, my wife and I, we stepped into the leadership role uh, here at Riverside and, and our life changed. It's been really, really great, but it's really, really stressful. It's really, really busy sometimes. And, you know, this year as we looked ahead to Christmas, I remembered a message that was preached on this platform back in June. We did a five-week series called Pages, and we just kind of did a little book study. And, and Pastor Dana, our executive pastor, she preached on this book called Boundaries. Maybe some of you have read it uh, over the last two decades or so. But, man, it spoke to me. I, I've read that, that book cover to cover. And for the last six months, I've really tried to be aware of setting up boundaries. And, and boundaries, can I tell you, are not easy. I don't know if you've ever tried to set those things in your life after many, many years. And, you know, what, what did it look like for me? See, this time of year, I would spend so much time trying to find the perfect gift for every single person on my list. I would, I would like freak out. I would obsess over it. And can I tell you, this year I've kind of let it go. If I bought a gift for you, it's probably a gift card. Yeah. Now, I, I, I'm still going to be intentional about it to your, your favorite restaurant, your favorite store, your favorite coffee shop. If you get an actual gift, 
from our family, just know that my wife picked it out for you. I didn't do any of it this year. I had, I had to just kind of figure out what was going to work. Every single year we have lots of Christmas parties that we're responsible for. And I said to Rach a couple months ago, rather than having like a pastoral Christmas party and an elder Christmas party, you know what, I, I finally had the brilliant idea after three years. We just combined it all together. Because I, I don't know about your calendar in December, but it, it gets really, really busy. And, and, and it's hard to even find time for yourself. It's time, hard to find time for, for your family and your spouse. You know, this year I, I did something that I've wanted to do for many, many years. And at Thanksgiving, my, my aunt's here. She hates this story. At Thanksgiving, we have my family over. And invariably, before everybody leaves, my aunt says, hey, let's start drawing for the Christmas gift exchange. So you all know, you can start, listen, can I tell you what I did at Thanksgiving? I said, I love you all, but my family will not be taking part in the Christmas gift exchange this year. There was like a hush in my basement. How dare we? There were some like nasty faces. They won't tell you that because they're in church right now, but there were. Because what happens is we got five people in our family. That means we got to buy five more gifts for people that I love. But invariably, it's a lot of me reaching out, what does so-and-so want for Christmas? And then the people that have our names invariably reach out to me and say, what would Liam like for Christmas? Or when you're out and about and you find something for Ben, will you just buy it and I'll pay you back? It's more work, yo! Thank you. I, I knew you'd like that. <laughs> and so this year, I, I, I just said no. I love traditions. We've exchanged gifts in our family for so many years. But can I, I, I tell some of us? I think so often we focus on our family's traditions rather than our family's condition. See, tomorrow you're going to have people that are, are going to come to your home. There's going to have people that are going to come around your table. Cousins, aunts and uncles, parents, grandparents that are really dreading coming tomorrow because they're walking through some stuff. And, and really some of them are even going to come to the table and they're going to share stuff with you that they've bottled up for months I don't know how I'm going to say that. Can I, can I challenge those of you who call Riverside home? When those conversations invariably happen tomorrow, we as men and women of God, can we lead with compassion and not condemnation? When those things are said that we don't want to hear, can we come alongside one another and say, hey, I love you in spite of what you just told me. I'm going to come alongside you in what you're walking through in this season. As great as 2022 may have been for you, it's been really, really hard for people that you love. See, I think for so many of us, so many times in my life, we're not like the wise men who show up to Christmas with their very best. We, we actually show up with our very worst. We end up Showing up with what's left over. I think if we're really honest in this space today, I think there's so many of us don't, that don't have an abundance of joy and peace. We're actually walking into Christmas Day with an absence of joy and peace. And if that's you today, I want you to lean in. Because for so many holidays, for so many Christmases, that has been me. And if I'm really honest with you, the devil, even tonight, has tried to rob me of my joy. Has tried to rob me of my peace. And today, I think the enemy wants to tell you it's always going to be like that. But tonight, I think something new is about to begin. See, for those of you who could be really open and honest and saying, man, I'm really dreading this season. I'm really dreading tomorrow 
because there's a lack of joy in my life. There's a lack of peace in my life. Today, really quickly, I want to give you three things to help you regain your joy, to help you regain your peace. Number one, what does it start with? It starts with reassessing. It starts by reassessing, looking at your life right now. Where are you in life? Where do you want to be in life? Let me ask you, do you want a life of happiness or do you want a life of joy? So often we confuse and conflate the two. They're not the same thing. They're actually two very different emotions. They're two very different feelings. On Wednesday, I went to Walmart. And some of y'all are like, why would you go to Walmart on Wednesday? I knew it was Christmas week. I knew there was a storm coming in about 24 hours, but I woke up in a good mood. I was like, I'm just going to go. I had to buy some just few little things. I had some stuff for Rachel's stocking. I walked into the peak in Walmart with a spring in my step, yo. I got in there. I picked up about three things, put them in my cart. I came back around and I looked at that line and it looked like Black Friday 2016. I'm like, I ain't going to do it. And instantly in that moment, I, I left my card there. I walked out and every ounce of happiness I felt was gone. Why? Because happiness is so often short term. Happiness is so often tied in with our external pleasures. It rises and falls on, on how we're feeling and what our life looks like in the moment. But joy, joy is something different. Joy is, is long-term. Joy is, joy is steady. Joy is what we feel no matter the situation, no matter the circumstances in our lives. Simply put, happiness is fleeting, but joy is fixed. You can be unhappy and still feel joy. See, on Sunday, I, I shared with you, I generally preach out of the New Living Translation, the NLT. And this week, as I was preparing for this message, I went back and, and did a, a, a search of how many times joy is mentioned in the NLT version of the Bible. And I counted it up. I didn't do all the counting. I just did it on a Google thing, yo. Joy shows up 333 times. Happiness, only 15. What does that tell us? That God's word puts a 22 times emphasis on joy rather than happiness. We need to be searching for joy. So many of us, we seek happiness and, and it's so short-lived it can be here and gone in a moment. See, verse 10 says, I bring you good news of great joy. See, the Greek word for great is megalos. See, when he's saying great joy, the angels are speaking here. What is great joy? It's, it's mega joy. But I think real talk in our lives, so many of us, we settle for minimal joy rather than massive joy. There's so many of us that just go through the motions day by day, hoping that one day things will start to click. Sometimes that things will start to move forward. I think in, in 2022, in the culture that we live in, we lack peace. You only need to look around your jobs, your families, your neighborhood, this culture today. We lack peace. Can I tell you, you want to find your peace today, I think it really comes down to two things. I think number one, it starts with you must first have a pursuit of peace. You've got to pursue peace. I don't generally just wake up in the morning feeling peaceful. I think about how tired I still am from a bad night of sleep. I think about my to-do list of all the things that I got to do. Christmas Eve is always really, really special to me because my parents divorced when I was younger. And so I split up the holidays and, and Christmas Eve was, was always a holiday I got to spend with my dad. And we would always go to, to my, my grandparents' house. 
My grandfather passed away um, from cancer when I was in, in, in college, and, and my grandma continued uh, to walk on this earth. I'm so grateful for about 20 more years after his passing. But, you know, every time that I would show up at my grandma's house, I kind of had a lack of peace. Because I knew what I was going to walk into when I opened those doors. As I sat down on her couch, and I don't know if you ever had a grandma that was like this, but you never sat down on the actual couch. There was always like a sheet, a tarp, plastic on top of the couch. In the summer when I was wearing shorts, like I stuck to her couch sometimes. I never knew why my grandma was like that. But every time I'd walk in there, invariably... She would say to me, hey, grandson. It's like, hey, granny, how's it going? First question out of her mouth. Now, how you doing? How's school? What'd you do today? You got a girlfriend yet? <laughs> and every single Christmas, I knew she was going to ask me. It started when I was 15. I was really too young to have a girlfriend back then. Granny, calm down, girl. But then when I was about ready to graduate high school, especially it hit when I got into college, I still didn't have a girlfriend. I think she thought there was something wrong with me. See, I, I, I say that because I think some of you are going to walk into similar situations tomorrow. See, there's got to be a, a, a pursuit of peace. See, for some of you, can I tell you, before, before you leave your home tomorrow... Lord, give me peace when I walk into with my family. As you're driving in the car to that loved one's house, Lord, I'm praying again, give me peace in this situation. Before you, you walk into that home tomorrow, Lord, give me peace in this situation. Because I know there are some of you that are, are, are about to walk in and your family knows that, yep, you lost yet another job. Your family's not going to be expecting that you broke off the engagement. There are some of you that are going to walk into that Christmas gathering tomorrow, and for the first time, you're going to have to utter that you're pregnant. And it wasn't planned. You're not married. You're not even with that guy anymore. How do we handle situations like that? It's by having a pursuit of peace. But the thing that's so beautiful is that a pursuit of peace will always lead to a posture of peace. When you have a pursuit of peace, when, when you hand it over to your heavenly father, there's always a posture of peace. About a month or so ago, it was probably our last really nice day before it really started to cool down. It was unseasonably warm, early December, and I, I went to my favorite coffee shop in town, and I was finishing up a phone call, and I saw this husband and, and wife, and, and the wife told the husband, hey, just sit down outside. I'm going to go order our, our coffee, and I'm going to come, and I'll bring it back to you. And he just sat there, and while I was finishing up my conversation, the wind started to pick up. And I mean, this dude, like it was, it was like blowing. His hair was all askew. He, he kind of had, he like, oh, this is so bad. He kind of had like, like that skin like a droopy dog. And like the skin was like flapping in the breeze. I loved it so much. You're like, that's so offensive, but I loved it. But the whole time, oh my word. The whole time it was, he was sitting there, the wind didn't bother him. He didn't move. He was just content to sit on the bench and let whatever came just continue to pass by him. See, that's the posture of peace that each and every one of us needs to have. When the wind comes, when the storm comes, when things come, the attack that's unexpected, I have such a relationship with Jesus. I have such a posture of peace that no matter what comes, I stay rooted, I stay grounded. There ain't nothing that can blow away my peace. See, there are some of you that are going to sit down with family tomorrow and they're going to say, what about those gas prices? Can you believe it? They're going down and they're going to have one opinion or the other about the president. 
And they're going to think everything that has to do with gas has to do with the president. And they're probably going to say something that's going to offend about 50% of your family. But I'm going to have a posture of peace. You've been around people that say some things that are, are borderline racist. They're going to tell you, I'm not racist. Really, bro? What you said right there? That's racist. But see, you have a posture of peace. I'm not going to fight with them. Holy Spirit, if there's words that I need to say gently to correct people in there, I, I want to say it. But I'm going to have a, a posture of peace. See, some of y'all aren't going to like this. My family thinks I'm attacking them tonight. It's not what it is. See, because when you have a, a, a posture of peace, it's not about the ridiculousness of your loved ones. It's a reliance on the Holy Spirit. See, when I go into those places, no matter how hard it is, no matter what I think I'm going to deal with around that table, no matter as hard as my season is right now, when I rely on the Holy Spirit, I always have a posture of peace. Can I tell some people in this room, you started to believe the lie that joy and peace are only available to the elite. They're only available to a select few. Can I, I go back in the scripture? It says that the angels came to the shepherds. The shepherds that were shunned. The outcasts of society. The shepherds, let's be honest, that were, that were smelly. They... They spent time with sheep all day. The shepherds who, scripture says, they were scared. The angel says, fear not, don't be afraid. See, once again, when you look at the story of, of the shepherds, the angel says, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy, not to some people, but that will bring great joy to all people. Can I tell some of you today, you are the all people that the angels were talking about. It's not just for a pastor. It's not just somebody with a platform. It's not just somebody who's more Christian than you, that's been following Jesus longer. Joy and peace is available to all people. Joy and peace is available to you. See, how do I find it? How do I, how do I regain this joy and peace? First of all, it's reassessing. But I think, I think secondly of all, it, it, it's reflecting. It's reflecting. See, this time of year, I don't know about you, but I go back and think about the year as a whole. I go back and reflect on what the last 12 months have looked like. And I think one of the greatest things that you can do, you want a New Year's resolution? I think one of the greatest things that you can do is, is to start journaling. Rach today, I, I loved it. She, she spent time with the Lord and, you know, she was just saying on Christmas Eve, I'm writing down kind of my prayers. I'm writing down right now. I'm just journaling. I'm, I'm giving them over to the Lord. And, you know, I, I pulled out my, my journal. I've been, this is my journal uh, since May. I started in May. And anytime the Lord speaks to me, I, I, I write it down. I often, like Rach, I, I write prayer requests down. And, and this week I was looking back through my journal and it goes all the way back to, to May 2nd. And I started to read it and I'm not going to share it with you tonight because it's really personal. If you read my words on, on May 2nd here, there was such a, a lack of joy. There was such a a, a lack of peace in my life right now. And I started to write all that stuff out. Here's where I am right now. In terms of relationships and, and, and family and leadership and, and big decisions that I had to make. And I, I pulled this out just a couple weeks ago and I, I started to read through it. And can I tell you the transformation that God has done in my life in the seven months since I wrote that. Almost every single thing that I wrote about, God has answered that prayer. 
almost every single thing that I wrote about, the Lord started to bring back joy. He started to bring back peace in my life. See, there are some of you right now, as you look back on 2022, as you reflect on what God did, some of you, it's big, massive answers to prayers. For some of you, the tumor is gone. The marriage is restored. That healthy baby arrived just like you prayed for. And I think sometimes in my life, I look at these big answers to prayers that everybody else had and wonder, God, when are you going to answer my prayers? But I think we really need to get to this place where every single one of us, you need to look at the small prayers that God has answered in your life this year. See, for some of you, it may be as simple as, Your infant child finally slept through the night. Hallelujah. For some of you, it's, I had just enough to pay all my bills with this last paycheck. For some of you, I know you have a piece of crap car, but I need to thank God that my piece of crap car still turned on tonight. It still got me to church, and I'm praying it's going to get me home tonight. It's those little things. It's coming from a place of reflecting. And reflecting should always lead to rejoicing. Reflecting should always lead to a place of thankfulness. It should always lead to a place of gratitude. When you read this passage, the one angel, it says, became a host of angels. It says they they began to praise God. They began to worship him. They began to sing to him. Can I tell some of y'all, you can't have a celebration without singing. Since my very first birthday party, I can't remember it, but I guarantee you my mom sang happy birthday to me on that very first birthday. I celebrated my 45th birthday last month. We were in Colorado. Rachel and I were making our way up Pikes Peak. We were 12,000 feet uh, 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 above elevation, 12,000 feet in in the air. And somehow the dude, the conductor found out it was my birthday. And he's like, hey, everybody, we got a birthday. And the entire train started to sing happy birthday. Why? Because you can't have a celebration without singing. See, for so many of us, I, I think... I love going to weddings, I'll just tell you. I love being a part of weddings, but can I tell you my favorite part is not the wedding, I love the reception. And you know you're at a good reception when there's a DJ. You know you're at a great reception when that DJ at some point in the night plays Usher. (laughs) Y'all are my people. People that didn't laugh at that, you're too Christian, yo. Watch out, my face ridiculous in the club, looking so conspicuous. Michael, move on. (laughs) You're already at 10.50. You're much over your time. You can't have a celebration without singing. Weddings and receptions are celebrations. Coming up in February, there's going to be a Super Bowl. The two best teams in the NFL, the AFC and the NFC. That's right, Josh, right? I don't know anything about football. I ain't going to watch a single moment of the game, but I better have somebody text me when the halftime show comes on. You better text me when Rihanna comes out. I'm ready. Umbrella. Diamond. Some of y'all don't even know these songs. That's okay. Call me rude, boy, boy. You're taking it up. You can't have a stuff. Some of y'all are like, they don't do this at my Baptist church. <laughs> Grandma Thelaritis, I know they don't do that in Pekin over there. I know, I know. But you can't have a celebration without singing. Michael, what are you trying to get to? Because singing, worship, an acknowledgement of God's power are key themes throughout the entire Bible. You go all the way to the beginning of creation. Go to the Old Testament book of Job. Job is an incredible figure in the Old Testament. This was a a dude that in one day, all of his servants died, 
All of his livestock died. All of his kids died. And God goes silent to Job. But 38 chapters later, God starts to speak to his servant Job. And listen, listen to what God says. Job 38, verse 4 through 7. Where were you, God speaking to Job, when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. Who determined its dimensions and stretched out the surveying line? What supports its foundations? And who laid its cornerstone as the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? They're talking about creation. What are they saying here? There was singing at the beginning and there was also singing at the birth. That's what tonight is all about. That's what Christmas is all about. It's the remembrance. It's remembering that God sent his only son, Jesus, to come to live an earthly life. It's the reverence. That's the shepherds. When they came and they saw baby Jesus laying in the manger, there was reverence. There was awe that surrounded them in that moment in Bethlehem. And if you continue to read about the shepherds, it led to their rejoicing. It says they told everybody they knew. And when they were done, what does scripture say? They went back glorifying and praising God. You want to find your joy? You want to find your peace? Start rejoicing what God is doing right now. See, there are some of you right now and say, Michael, that's such a pithy response. I can't overlook what I'm walking through right now. But can I tell some of you, I'm not asking you to ignore what you're walking through, but I am asking you to start worshiping God as you're walking through it. See, because when you start to worship, it takes eyes off your situation and it puts your eyes back on your Savior. Things start to shift. Things start to move. You need to know my greatest moments of worship were during my most grueling moments of life. Why? Because it's all I had. God, if you don't show up right now, I don't know how I'm going to get through it. It's when I gave everything over to him and said, God, I'm going to trust that you're still in control. Even when I can't see it. Even when I can't understand it. And the thing that happened is it brought me back into total dependence on him. It brought me back into relationship with him him. So you want to find your joy, you want to find your peace today, it's first of all reassessing your life. Secondly, it's, it's reflecting on what God is doing even in the midst right now. And third and finally, it, it's realigning. It's realigning your life with Jesus. See, every single car that I've ever owned since I was 16 years old at some point, the steering wheel gets a little bit askew. If, I, if I'm not careful, it will start to pull either to the left or to the right. Why? Because the alignment is off. When the, when the alignment is off, it shows that there's a problem. And unless I deal with the alignment, unless I get the alignment fixed before I know it, things will continue to get worse and worse. I will continue to go further and further off track. Can I tell you, it's the same in our own individual lives. If your life has started to get off track, you need to realign your life with Jesus. See, my prayer for every single person today comes from the New Testament book of Romans. Romans chapter 15 verse 13 says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
say, I want you to catch the importance of that passage. When you align yourself with Jesus, there's hope, there's joy, there's peace, there's confidence. See, back on May 2nd, as I, as I wrote that, it was so clear that my life was out of alignment with Jesus. It was so clear that I needed to hand it over. I often struggle with holding on to what I want. What I want for my family and for my relationships and for this church. And there's so many times where I, I, I get to this broken place where I have nothing left to give but to hand it over to God. And see, over the last seven months, things have started to shift in my life. I, I, I think my, my family, my, my tribe of five will, will tell you that I'm a different dad, I'm a different husband today than I was back then. I think my extended family, my mom, my aunts, my grandparents will tell you I, I, I'm different than I was back then. I think the people that I do life with would tell you that there's been a shift. Does it mean I'm, I'm perfect? Nah. I said it a couple weeks ago. God isn't looking for your perfection. He's looking for your progression. That you're moving a little bit further. That you're moving more closer and closer to Jesus every single day. And see, over the last seven months, there's been a, a, a shift in my life. See, I lost my joy for a season. But there was a shift because what happened is I no longer focused on my junk. I focused on Jesus. See, when you, when you stop focusing on your junk and you start focusing on Jesus, there's a shift your joy starts to come back. See, there was a moment when I said, Lord, I just need peace back in my life. And when I started to hand over my preferences, God, this is what I want to happen and I'm going to write it all up and I'm going to have you co-sign. That ain't how it works, yo. God's asking, will you give your entire life, your entire heart over to me? And, and when I gave up my preferences, can I tell you, I was able to grab hold of God's purpose for my life. I'm standing here today. I know that I know that I know that I'm in the will of God. Because my joys come back. My peace comes back. It doesn't mean that I don't have hard days. It doesn't mean that there aren't struggles. But just this week, as I was putting the final touches on this message, I turned to, to my people and said, I got this overwhelming joy. I got this overwhelming peace. On Tuesday, I, I got to spend some time with Rach just in the craziness of this day. We got to do a little bit of shopping and it was just, Great to spend time together. We got to finish things up. Tuesday night, Josh and I, we went to Home Alone Trivia Night. We didn't win. We cheated a little bit. These are my confessions. Michael, Usher, two Usher references, one service. Give your heart to Jesus, bro. I love spending time with my friend. I love spending time with my, my wife. But that day was, was super special. Because on Tuesday, those of you who are part of Riverside, you bought gifts for something called Angel Tree. It's, it's a program where we buy gifts on behalf of incarcerated parents and grandparents. When moms and dads and grandpas and grandmas can't be in their children's life at Christmas, they have people that just step up. And so many of you, you stepped up over the last four weeks and you bought over 300 gifts 
for 100 kids. And on Tuesday, our team got to go deliver them. One of the greatest things I've ever gotten to be a part of. Smiles, tears. We got to, to pray over people. We got to invite them to church. We got to build what I believe are going to be ongoing connections with them. There was so much joy. And I came back and there was a, a ton of people at our community fridge. You need to know that this week we had record number of guests at the fridge. Oh, hundreds every single day that were coming to get some things for their own Christmas celebrations. They knew the weather was getting bad and they wanted to stock up. And I just have to tell you, thank you to everybody who this week you brought groceries, you gave at Riverside Peoria Fridge financially to help us keep that thing stocked. It was incredible. And I just came back and you need to know that's the, that's the fulfillment of a vision that God gave me two, two and a half years ago. And there was overwhelming peace, overwhelming joy. And when I was done, I, I went to go visit some friends at, at the tent community. And I'm going to say this because we got a little flack yesterday. Some of y'all may have saw a video that was posted. Some of you were so kind and you shared it. You're like, I love Riverside. And there were some people that weren't as excited about it. And I ultimately made the decision to, to pull it down. Because I never want what we're doing to be a distraction to people. And especially I don't want ever to be a distraction to Jesus. Because you see, Tuesday, I went down there and I, I shared with you, I, I met a guy named Michael at the fridge four, five, six weeks ago. And he said, hey, we desperately need like gloves. We, we desperately need socks. We need things just to kind of keep us warm. And greatest thing ever, he said, I knew if, anybody could help us, it would be Riverside. It's a beautiful reputation to have in this city. And, you know, periodically I'll just go down there and check, see what was going on. And I went down there on Tuesday. Michael wasn't there. Pretty much everyone was gone except a dude named Anthony. And I said, what's your name, bro? And he, he shared and said, my name is Michael. This is my wife, Rachel. Jess and Livy, who are a part of our team, were there as well. And we just had a couple things left to deliver to them. And he started to tell me his story for the last six months. Been in Peoria, living in a tent, just a couple blocks away from us, right by the interstate a veteran, served in the military for four years. I was so grateful for his service. He was a man of God. We prayed for him. And I said, man, what can we, what can we do to, to help you? And he said, come look at, look at my tent. And his tent had seen better days. It had been ripped. He couldn't like close it up anymore. The zipper wasn't working. And he goes, I just need... I could really use a new tent. And he said, you know, I could use some warm blankets. And he'd been sleeping on, on really like couch cushions and they'd gotten wet in the rain and the snow. And he goes, I, I, I just could really use something to lay on. And I was like, bro, like, you want something to eat? And he's like, I try to eat healthy. I really love oranges. I go, bro, I got you. And Rachel and I, when we were out shopping that day, I, I just started to get everything on his list. And I said, hey, I'm coming back for you. No, like, I mean it. I know other people say, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And Pastor Joshua was with me, and, and we showed back up, and 
My friend Anthony was a couple blocks away, right where he told me he was going to be. Standing about red carpet car wash, holding that sign. And I rolled down my window. I was like, bro, get on in here. I got some stuff for you. And we got there and we started to unpack this stuff. It wasn't a lot. It was just the things that he asked for. And I said, hey, I'm going to, I'll be back. Like, he complimented me on my shoes. That always goes real far, yo. <laughs> we bonded over his, his favorite pizza, his buffalo chicken pizza. Go, bro, I love it, yo. Like, I'll bring you a pizza one day. And while I was away, I, I called a couple places and I said, hey, this, this dude is, is, is here and all the rest of the, the guys and the girls, they, they, they've been in other places. And, and Anthony will tell you that he, he sometimes struggles with mental health. Same. I've been very vocal and open about my struggles sometimes. And he's like, I can't just be you know, in a, in a shelter with 60, 70 other guys, it just, it just does something to me. And I said, hey, I made a few phone calls and on tomorrow, Wednesday morning, the city's gonna hold this emergency meeting to figure out what to do. And, and they've assured me that, that somebody's gonna come and tell you and, and they'll, they'll get you to a place. Hey, I won't, I won't see you again for, a, a, a few days and I invited him to Christmas Eve. He's like, 10 a.m.? I go, no, 10 p.m. I know it's late, bro. I don't know why we do it, but just come on out. And he said, I'm, I'm going to pay you back for all this stuff. And I go, bro, it's not, not necessary. It's, it's who we are as a church. Generosity is our privilege. We believe in impacting this community. God, God placed us in the heart of the city 22 years ago. I believe on purpose, for purpose. And I drove away and yesterday morning uh, on Friday, Anthony had called the church office. And I'm so grateful for a team that just doesn't let calls go unanswered for two weeks while our office is closed. They forward his voicemail to me and I, I listened to it and he left his, his phone number and I said, what's going on, man? You found a warm place to stay? And he said, no. You know, you said somebody was going to come back and nobody ever came back. I complained about how I had to adjust the thermostat and how much my bill was going to be. I complained about taking my dog outside to go to the bathroom. And my boy Anthony, when I asked him where he was sleeping, he said, I've been in the, the parking garage across the street just sleeping in there for the last three nights. He's like, it wasn't too cold. I said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you back. And I, 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 I called a few places and again, they, they weren't, weren't going to be the, the right fit for Anthony. And so I, I, I called a, a hotel down here and I, I just said, hey, my name is Michael. I'm the pastor of, of, of Riverside, just, you know, not too far away from you. And I said, I've got a, a friend of our church family. Uh, he's homeless right now. And I was wondering if, if we pay for a room for a couple of nights, can he come stay with you? I want to know before I book it online. And she's like, ugh. I don't know about that. I got I to gotta talk to somebody and I'll call you back. And never called me back. So I called a second local hotel and I said the same spiel and her name was Tanisha and Tanisha's like no problem sir pastor will take good care of them booked the hotel called Anthony I said bro 
and we'll come pick you up. My wife won't let me drive on these streets for just anybody. You need to know I love you. I care about you. But I also care enough about you. I'm going to take a shower before I come and see you. So I'm going to be there in about 45 minutes. He goes, okay, I'll, I'll have enough time to go stand in my spot and, and, and get a little, a little extra money. And came back and there was Anthony in the spot. Started to recognize my minivan, yo. Nissan Quest, take you all the way. And we pulled up and he, he got in with all of his stuff. And I was like, how'd you do today? He's like, I made $10. Yo, let's go. And we got in the van and he knew the hotel I was taking him to. And I, I turned off kind of the beaten path. And, and he looked at me kind of quizzically. I said, hey, I made you a, a promise and I said, Rachel's made you some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. She's thrown some chips in there, some granola bars. But you need to know, I'm kind of bougie. I kind of go a little next level. And we pulled over and I said, hey, I got to run in there because I ordered the biggest buffalo chicken pizza they could make. And so I'm just going to go get it. I'm going I'm to pay for it. I'm going to come back out and... We got back and we drove a couple blocks to the hotel and I walked in and I was like, you Tanisha? She's like, you Pastor Michael? I was like, yeah. Well, this is my brother, my buddy Anthony. And she's like, we're going to take good care of you. We've got breakfast tomorrow morning. We got washes and dryers free of charge. I said, let me buy him some detergent. He goes, we're going to take care of it for you. I took him to his room. Anthony's like, I haven't slept on a real bed in six months. Put the pizza there. Put Rach's peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the fridge. And, and, and he said, hey, before you go, I, I, I need to show you something. I said, what do you got, bro? And he opened up one of his two bags and he said, you, you, you still doing that Christmas Eve service tomorrow night? And I said, yeah, yeah, I, I, we are. And he goes, well, after you told me that on Tuesday, I, 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 I went to the veteran's store and I got a few things because I want to I look nice when I come to church on Christmas Eve and, 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 and he pulled out this, this button-up shirt, pulled out a sweater, these crazy sick joggers, khaki joggers, fancy, new to him, dress shoes. And he says, I'm going I'm to be there tomorrow night. And listen, can I tell you in three years, there's lots of people say they're going to show up to church. They don't. Lots of people say, I'm going to be there. I've been waiting for three years. Some of y'all are watching online. Still haven't seen you in person, yo. You're lying to your pastor. Can I tell you, tonight, I'm not going to point him out. My buddy Anthony's here. What? Why do, I, why do I tell you that long, drawn-out story? Because on, on, on Tuesday, spending time passing out gifts on your behalf through Angel Tree, getting to talk and pray and love on people at the fridge, getting to spend time with Anthony, can I tell you, why is there joy and peace in my life is because I found my purpose. 
See, when you find your God-given purpose, there will be unrelenting joy. There will be unrelenting peace. And see, for some of you right now, you just continue to go through the motions. You continue to tell God what you're going to do. And God said, I got something better for you. I've got a plan and a destiny and a purpose for your life. If you would just realign your life with me, if you would just get back on on track. See, that's the shepherds here. They ran to Jesus. It was a foot race to see which one of them could come face to face with their Savior first. See, I got to ask you tonight. Are you rushing to Jesus or are you rebelling? Are you rushing to him and saying, God, whatever you want for my life, or are you continuing to rebel? Are you continuing to just do your own thing? See, can I ask you, are you Readjusting your life? Are you realigning your life with Jesus? Or are you rejecting the ultimate gift that God sent this Christmas season? A lack of joy, a lack of peace, because you have a lack of relationship with Jesus today. You once followed him but now you've gotten off track. Can I tell you, it happens to the best of us. It's happened to me time and time again. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that you're uh, uh, not a good Christian. When you have to realign your life with Jesus, I was your pastor and I had to do it back in May. I was starting to see the drift, the skid in my life, and I had to come back and I had to realign my life with Jesus. I'm not going to ask people to stand up. I'm not going to ask people to raise their hands. But tonight, I'm just going to ask everybody to bow their head and close their eyes. In this moment, I'm just going to pray over everybody that's here in this space, everybody who's still watching online. I'm going to pray for two people, two groups First of all, I want to pray for the people that have lost their joy. They've lost their peace. You haven't looked forward to what's coming tomorrow. And I also want to pray a prayer with some of you who need to come back to Jesus. Maybe you once followed him, but your alignment is off. Or maybe some of you, for the first time, you've truly understood the enormity, the gravity of the Christmas story. And I'm going to invite you as well. But dear Heavenly Father, right now, I just pray for every single person under the sound of my voice that's dreading what tomorrow looks like. They're overwhelmed. They're stressed. They're tired. They're exhausted for what life has felt like over these last few weeks, maybe even the last few months, maybe even this whole year. Lord, I pray that you would continue to just speak to them in this moment. That they would start to have a pursuit of joy and peace. That you would give them a posture of joy and peace. That when the storms come, when the winds start to blow, when things start to go haywire in their life, they're not blown away because they're rooted to you. I pray that you would give them back their joy, that you would return their peace to them, that you would give them hope in this space today that they start to walk into what you've ultimately called them to be. And Lord, I know you're looking down on people today and they need to realign their life with you. They've wandered. They've sinned. They've made mistakes. But I think tonight you're stirring people's hearts. And if that's you today in this space or watching this online, tonight live, in the days and weeks to come, I just want you to 
to pray this prayer. I want you to believe this in your heart. Prayer is just communication with our Heavenly Father. I'm going to have you repeat after me. You can whisper this. You can say it out loud. You can just say it in, in your head, knowing that you're talking to Jesus right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to this earth. That 33 years later, he would die on the cross. That he would take the punishment for my sin. And right now, Jesus, I invite you into my life. Whether it's the first time, maybe it's the 21st time. Come in. Make space. Cleanse me of my, my mistakes. Cleanse me of my sin. Let me walk into the future that you have for me. Today I, I, I'm making a proclamation that I'm going to follow you for the rest of my days. There's no turning back. I'm keeping my eyes fixed and focused on you. And today I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to worship. I'm going to thank you for what you did on the cross over 2,000 years ago and the new thing that you're doing in my life as I walk into the future with you right beside me. In Jesus' name, amen. And so tonight what we're going to do is we're just going to stand. It's customary. We always end the same way. Our team's going to lead us through Oh Holy Night. I think it's probably my favorite Christmas song. And then we're going to end the night with Silent Night. And when you came in, you were given a candle. We're going to worship Oh Holy Night together. And at the start of Silent Night, our team's going to come around and they're just going to start lighting candles at the end of your row. And if you wouldn't mind, just lighting the person next to you and lighting the person next to you. And I believe God's doing something really special in this space today. And, and like I said, we don't just rejoice in the good times, we worship God through the hard times. Knowing He's the only one that's going to get us through. Riverside, it, it's such an honor to, to be a part of your Christmas. Let me remind you before we forget, we're not meeting in person tomorrow. At midnight in about 36 minutes, Michael, you went way over. I know. But starting at midnight on our YouTube channel, we're going to have a Christmas Day worship experience. You can start watching it when you get home tonight. You can watch it in the morning when you're eating breakfast. You can watch it anytime throughout the day, even the next few days. But then we're going to be back together January 1st, one service, 10 a.m. Can I tell you, the greatest thing you can do to kick off 2023 is be in church that morning. I believe God's given me a word to share with you as we step into 2023 together. We're going to be fearless. We're not going to be afraid. We're going to believe that God is going to do something really powerful in our individual lives, in our families, through this church. And so I just want to invite you. I love you so, so much. Merry Christmas on behalf of myself and Rachel and, and our family and our entire church. We love you so, so much. And I just want to worship with you over these next few moments. Riverside, I love you. I love you. I love you.